Welcome back to the Sporting Capital this Wednesday night. Jordan Canellas with you. Good to be in your company this evening. Don't forget, don't forget, you can send us a text 0433981116 on the Temper 40 Winks text machine. We are coming down to the pointy end now of the Big Bash season. We are in the final week of the campaign and uh, coming up tomorrow night, we have the, the Challenger, which is the final match, the second to last match before the final, so this is to reach the grand final against the Perth Scorchers. It's the Sydney Sixers and the Brisbane Heat tomorrow night, and you'll be able to listen to it right across the SEN network as part of our SEN cricket coverage, Big Bash Nation. One man who's been part of our cricket coverage and our summer SEN coverage as well, uh, right across the SEN network all across Australia, is uh, former spinner and now broadcaster Bryce McGain. Evening to you, Bryce. How's things? Very good evening, Jordan. Uh, I'm going great. Um, Really looking forward to these next two games. I think it's been a terrific Big Bash series this year. And uh, look, it's going to be an exciting credential. Uh, crescendo to the finish. Absolutely. The the challenger tomorrow night. So this is uh, the, I guess, the sort of preliminary final equivalent. The one-off match, the Sydney Sixers and the Brisbane Heat. Winner goes through to the final to play Perth. Um, the season on the whole, you look at the, the table and just how well these teams have done. The Sydney Sixers have been incredible. There was a gap uh, between the Scorchers, the Sixers, and then the rest of the league. So you look at tomorrow night's um, uh, head-to-head and, and on paper, and you say, well, the Sydney Sixers surely go in as favourites, but the Brisbane Heat have been in really good form in the back end of the season. What's your overall sort of feeling heading into tomorrow night's match? Yeah, it's probably a bit more of the former, I think, Jordan. Um, <laughs> I think the Sixers, uh, they've been really a standout team. Along with the Scorchers, they had their battle last Saturday for to sit in the final and host the final. Um, the Scorchers doing the job in that occasion. The Sixers eyed off their, uh, their biggest uh, challenger, I think. Um, they do need to get through. Uh, the Heat aren't without a knockout blow, um, and they may be able to land a few uh, on, in the game tomorrow night. But I think the Sixers and their form over the whole tournament should hold them in pretty good stead. And they'll go in as pretty warm favourites, I would suggest. Also, of course, with the loss of some big Australian names that have corresponded with their resurgence. They were on the bottom of the table at the halfway point, the Brisbane Heat, and their resurgence came when they had the, pl- the likes of Usman Kawaja at the top of the order. Um, they've also had Matt Renshaw and, uh, and also uh, Lava Shane as well. So those three batsmen have really ignited their opportunity to get through to this uh, final three situation. So without them, they've got to bring in some stone-cold players off the bench, and uh, that could be their biggest challenge. Yeah, so they had a four-game winning streak at the back end of the season. The Brisbane Heat, they were 2-6 and six by roughly the midway point. So the Brisbane Heat, obviously, as you said, lose a lot of players. The Sydney Sixers will lose a few players as well, in particular Steve Smith, who's been one of the standouts um, since since coming into the Sydney Sixers team off the back of the, the international summer. So on the balance of things, the Brisbane Heat, they lose more uh, in, in the players that have to go over to India? I think they do. Steve Smith, you can't replace him. He has just been unbelievable. He's clocked the game of cricket for me. Uh, <laughs> he, he just... Uh, He's been unbelievable to watch in the way he's gone about it in opening the batting in uh, T20 cricket. Uh, I know the Australian lineup saw him as a different role player, more of a middle order, maybe four and five accumulator, knock the ball around uh, and just hand it over to the big hitters. He's shown that at the top of the order with the field up, 
uh, with four overs of power play, um, he's devastating. And he got them off to a flyer every time, back-to-back hundreds. He, You just can't replace a player like that. And at the international level where it's six overs of power play, of course, a little bit different in the Big Bash, four overs of power play and then the batting uh, surge that they can take in that second half of the innings. With international cricket, six overs of uh, of power play, I think Steve Smith's written himself in to open the batting for Australia next time they open up uh, with that situation. So well done to him. He's a big loss. I think Dan Hughes will come into the lineup and he can cover that. He's not going to be the same as Steve Smith, so please don't expect that uh, on Thursday night. But he, he'll do a, a really serviceable job. I think the spin stocks go out. Of course, Nathan Lyon goes out. Um, Todd Murphy goes out as well. So, But they've got a pretty cagey T20 spinner in, uh, in O'Keefe in Sock. He'll come in um, and, and be part of that lineup. And they've got players to, to mix and match. Dan Christian, Jackson Bird, whoever they want to do it, Dorcious. They've just got the lineup and the balance and, uh, and even Kerr as well. They've got the, such a good, flexible team, the Sixers. It's pretty impressive. Um, from the heat, as I mentioned, they've got to bring in some stone-cold players that have been sitting on the bench. Maybe Whiteley. Now, he's from Hampshire, um, a, a bit of a veteran. Um, so he looks like they've held on to him right to this stage. In case they got into finals, he would normally be going back home by this stage. They've held on to him. I reckon he does come in. Bryant as well as another option that they had at the top of the order that was a bit hot and cold and hit and miss early in the tournament. And McSweeney's another player they might look to. But I guess from a player's perspective, Jordan, the pressure goes on Sam Hain. He's from Warwickshire, but he has done a really good job. Um, So he becomes their number one bat. And uh, I think he might bat up a little bit higher now, maybe in the three or four slot to give him more balls to face. But it's an important role that he plays in that Brisbane Heat batting lineup. That's Sam Hain. All those names that you you mentioned for the Sydney Sixers, it's incredible. We've been seeing and and watching those names play for the Sydney Sixers for it feels like roughly the last sort of three, four, five years. They've kept the core of that team together uh, for such a long time under under Coach Greg Shippard, who I know. Um, you've worked with closely in the Victorian system, and and you're a, you're a big rap for his coaching methods, Greg Shippard, and, and how good he is. Um, d- has this season just felt like you know regular operation for the Sydney Sixers, operating at a high standard? I think it has been, and I think, and this is what um, you know. I respect Greg Shippard so greatly is that he always looks to improvement. Where can I get an edge? What can I do to further enhance this team? And I think he's gone and got it with Cameron White. Now, um, they worked obviously well as uh, coach and captain for Victoria for many, many years. Um, but he's picked him up as an assistant coach. And Cameron White, is there's probably no more astute cricket mind in T20 cricket going around. He did spend some time uh, when he finished playing after he won that... Uh, the the title with the Renegades. He was, of course, on field with that title victory. He then went across to the Adelaide Strikers for a couple of seasons under um, Dizzy Gillespie. And now he's he's, uh, furthering that craft of coaching under Greg Shippard um, or back that reunite uh, with Greg Shippard uh, with the Sydney Sixers. And I think that's where the players are really learning, um, you know, his encyclopedic brain of 
T20, how to play tactics, matchups, all of that. Um, everyone in that group has spoke really highly of their assistant coach and how that's even made them uh, even better understanding the game. So credit to them. They, they continue to evolve. It's not just the same old, same old. That They continue to improve, and those older, experienced players lap that up as well, and they want to keep improving. Of course, Dan Christian would love to go out winning a title. Um, he's the title champion of Australian T20 cricket, so... <laughs> He'll be looking to go out on top. Um, of course, his retirement uh, wraps up at the end of the tournament for the Sixers as well. Yeah, wins titles where, wherever he goes, uh, Dan Christian. You so bet. there's, yeah, there's very few weaknesses then for for the Sydney Sixers team, both on the field and off the field in in their coaching staff. So if the Brisbane Heat are to beat the Sydney Sixers somehow, what is what is the method that they that they do it in? How do they go about it? What do they need to target uh, against the Sydney Sixers? Yeah, really good question. They need to play at their best and not be intimidated. Um, and what I mean, it doesn't mean you stand there and just deliver all the time. The Sixers are going to bowl good periods. They're going to bowl good deliveries. It's the ability to keep scoring, not lose your head um, and not be completely reckless. You need to just keep scoring off every ball. So even off the best balls, be able to knock it around for one. So being able to accumulate more and not just look at boundaries to score big, I think is an important aspect of it. Uh, and I think that is the the way to keep building their innings to get a total if they're batting first, um, you know, somewhere around the eight to nine and over, 160 to 180. That puts them in the ballpark to then try and defend it. If they're batting second, they still need to do that. They need to do that and not just let the good balls be great balls and, and end up with a dot. So I think that's the key to it as well. Their bowlers most certainly need to execute under pressure. There's going to be a lot of pressure on them. That the batting lineup is super strong, even without Steve Smith there. That they've they've just got all bases covered, different roles, different skills, and power hitting through that middle order. Of course, we mentioned Dan Christian, but you're adding to that Sean Abbott with that power hitting. Dorsius is completely dangerous, lower in the order as well. So they bat all the way down. Brisbane Heat just need to execute calmly and execute their plan. If someone starts getting a bit rattled, and we've seen it a bit early on in the tournament with Brisbane Heat, when they get rattled, those overs don't necessarily just stop at 10 or 12. They can go for 18, 20, 24. They can really have blowout overs. So they need to minimise that and uh, and execute their plan. So they're, they're pretty simple things. Easier said than done <laughs> under the pressure of the Sydney Sixers will be applying. If the Sixers do win and they meet the Perth Scorchers in the final, it'll be the sixth time in Big Bash history that they would have played off in a grand final. And keeping in mind, this is BBL 12. So that's 50% of the time that it had been, it would Amazing. be or could, or could be, yeah, Perth v the Sixers in the final. And that's just one against the other, let alone the times that one has been in the grand final without the other as well, which has also occurred a few times. So would a Scorchers v Sixers grand final be the deserving final of this season if it is to be that matchup? Yeah, I think so, Jordan. I think it's a just reward for the two standout teams. Uh, Sydney had a, a washout uh, that probably just restricted them getting to the same amount of wins as the Scorchers. They were absolutely clear at 1-2 on the table, and that's overplaying everyone twice. So, look, I, I think they're a deserving two teams. Um, they were certainly, I don't mean to brag, but they were certainly the picks at the start for me at the beginning of the series um, of, of the, the whole season. And it, I guess it's just justified. When you look at their depth, their coverage, 
you know, it's so much so the Perth Scorchers at the start of the tournament when we had the draft, the international player draft, Jordan, you might remember they just declined on the first round pick. Like they just said, well, we just got no one as good as what we've got in that international group. We don't even need to pick in your 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 platinum international players. So it's a fair indicator they got their squad um, tuned up to the the back teeth. So look, it is deserving. Um, Jordan, for you, you've covered a lot of it as well. You've got a close eye. Who do you reckon might get out get up on top if that is the final on the Saturday? Well, the the home ground advantage and playing in front of a big Perth crowd, I think, is going to go a long way for the Perth Scorchers. And I think it's going to make for a great spectacle as well, seeing a full stadium, an international quality stadium. Not, not That's nothing against, you know, the SCG or the MCG when we've had grand finals there. But we know how how uh, raucous the uh, the Perth crowd can be, the furnace over there. I think, I think the Perth Scorchers with that home ground advantage is going to be pretty big. But... Having called a lot of Sydney Sixers games alongside you, Bryce, I'm I'm I've yeah. been I've become learned to how Craig Shippard coaches, and I, I see all these. You've opened my eyes to how all of these little tactics that might not be, you know, so obvious to maybe the casual viewer how they work in uh, in in T Twenty cricket. So there's that factor as well for the Sydney Sixers. I, it is hard to go past a Sydney Sixers team, isn't it, coached by Greg Shippard? It is difficult strategically and the confidence he, he puts in players um, and they, they play with that confidence. They they all thrive in, under that, that type of environment. Look, I, uh, can I predict this? We're going to super over. I reckon Ooh. this is going to go... It, it's it's going to be neck and neck. These are the two... The, man for man, they are just so even. And you look at the performing... The, the way that the teams have performed this season, they are dead set even. This is a match race um, that you know we dream of. I reckon it might go to a super over and have an exciting finish. Hopefully, they don't decide it with the with the team who's hurt, scored the most boundaries because that was <laughs> ludicrous and actually won England a World Cup. So we we don't want that outcome. Maybe we will just play super overs all night till uh, till someone stumbles. <laughs> the uh, the team of the season, Bryce, was announced a few days ago. Uh, Matt Short, Steve Smith, Aaron Hardy, Aaron Finch, Josh Inglis, Tim David. Michael Nisa, the top seven, Sean Abbott, AJ Ty, Tom Rogers, Paddy Dooley, and also Chris Lynn was in there as well, with Matt Short being named the the player of the tournament uh, for this year, which is uh, an amazing achievement for him, who's had a real breakout this season in BBL 12, Matt Short. uh, And Michael Nisa was named the Domestic Player of the Year at the Australian Cricket Awards a few nights ago. So he's in there as well, but that, that award encompasses all forms of domestic cricket. But uh, is that team of the season pretty accurate? Were there, were there any glaring omissions for, for you? No, I don't think so. I think this year that that settles in so nicely. Uh, that Look, you may have tossed around the spinning role. Paddy Dooley, obviously an exciting prospect, beginning his big bash career, really. Um, he played a few games uh, at, at the end of last year, but it, it, that's exciting to see him come through and make that team. You, you could have gone someone with experience. I think Adam Zampa has been terrific, and obviously, you know, his credentials on the international stage are pretty good. He's had to bowl for the stars in incredible positions. He's a power play bowler, a, a death bowler, and also a power surge bowler. So he's a lot of the time, a lot of his overs were in the toughest overs. Um, so credit to him as captain for a fair part of it to step into there. He could have been in that spot. Um, it's interesting how the spinners had 
maybe less of an impact and maybe a few of those international spinners that came over. Hussain for the Renegades was pretty impressive. Um, and, of course, um, Abdul Rashid as well. Um, we know his credentials as well. But maybe their their ability only to play half the tournament has impacted their um, chance to accumulate enough votes from the coaches to make it all the way through. So, look, that's probably the only spot I would suggest. But credit to Matt Short, the, the Victorian cricketer. This has on, on, really been a terrific time. And his experience uh, to captain... Um, as well has shown that he's really grown as a cricketer. His, uh, his spin bowling's better than part-time. It, it's not um, it's not average stuff. It's it's really critical power play spin bowling also through the middle. He's a wicket taker. He's worked really hard at that, and his power hitting at the top of the order has been excellent. He's done a lot of work with power hitting, learning how to hit the ball harder, um, taking on some lessons from baseball and how to go about it and he's done that over the a couple of pre-seasons that he's had with the Victorian team and well that's served him really well for the Adelaide Strikers so credit to him um, couldn't be more proud as a, a Victorian to see him do so well Bryce McGain with us here on the Sporting Capital Bryce I've got two things to finish off with firstly the discussion this week off the back of uh of the, the, the last Perth game that was played um, a few nights ago uh, with and a discussion that's sort of eventuated from that about uh, the broadcasters calling off the TV from a different city. Um, now, we, we can sympathise with this because we've done this before. So this is by no means, you know, slander on, on Fox because we've done this as well on SEN Cricket, especially during COVID times where everyone was calling off television. So we, we can sympathise really with the broadcasters and and sometimes there will be there will be hurdles and errors that happen when you are calling games off the TV and that was the case a few nights ago in the previous uh, game over in Perth where there was a call team calling yep. from Melbourne so we can understand because we I've gone through stuff like that where I've called just what I've seen on TV and sometimes it's not completely clear but the discussion around um, having broadcasters and having commentators at the venue live as opposed to calling off the tube in another city, um, especially for TV, do you feel do you feel uh, that really there should be a, an effort from the TV broadcasters to have their commentators live at the venue? Look, it, it certainly helps the commentators be more accurate. Uh, I'm sure the commentators would prefer that as well. They would prefer to be there rather than calling off a screen. I'm sure they would, uh, for their own professionalism, um, I know that Howie would be feeling really awkward about that scenario where he's called it what he's seen. And, uh, yeah, it was a, a little different to what the cameras were able to pick up at the time. Um, look, it, it is difficult. And sometimes it is part of the negotiations uh, of media rights and those types of situations. Sometimes really squeezing the last dollar out uh, limits the broadcasting opportunity to do that because they're paying such high numbers to actually show the game. So sometimes a little bit of give and take in that, in that part in the broadcast negotiation can actually even things up. So if the sport want the more accurate call and be able to do that, then they may need to take a little bit less so that the expenses can be managed by the broadcasting uh, networks and also obviously um, you know the, the broadcast uh, side of things in terms of the radio as well. So sometimes getting the best dollar for the sport is terrific but then sometimes it makes it difficult to, to send the teams around like where we once were able to. 
So it is a little bit more complicated than they must do it because uh, it, it is there are a lot of components into it. So, look, I, I think everyone would like it to be completely accurate, but sometimes it's not going to be. And I, I think we can live with it. It's, it's not horrendous, um, but it, it is preferred, I think, certainly for the finals, I'm sure all the broadcasters will be doing it live. Yep, absolutely, as uh, as we will be as well. We've got our coverage tomorrow night. The Sydney Sixers in the Brisbane Heat. Jimmy Smith and Doug Bollinger will be the call team in Sydney and Peter Vlahos and uh, Brad Hogg will be the callers for the final in Perth a few days after that. Last one, uh, Bryce, we'll do a bit more of a of a, uh, a Border Gaviscar preview on the station across all the programs in the coming week because it starts in over a week from now on uh, Thursday next week, the 9th. Um, but the news today, that uh, there's just a little road bump for Usman Khawaja getting to India. His um, his visa has been... Uh, has been uh, well, it's, they haven't processed it yet. There's been a slight delay with um, with India. So are there any... I mean, it's only hopefully it's just a minor hurdle, and he's able to get there soon. It looks like it's not too concerning, but you know, is there? Should it be a, a, a an issue that gets resolved pretty quickly for Usman Khawaja to get over to India? I'm sure it will be. This is the second time this has happened, Jordan, and uh, so uh, it's not a matter of just sliding them through with the others. Um, it, it comes from his origin of birth, and uh, the I guess the the immigration. Um, will be all taken care of. The right people all will go in there. But I understand he's coming to um, to ensure that that is processed a little bit quicker. So, look, I think that, um, that everything will go through uh, as per normal and he'll be able to go into the country. We're just losing you a little bit, Bryce, but that's all right. We're at the end of our discussion. Have a, uh, have a great night and we'll chat to you again soon across SEN. Bryce McGain here on the Sporting Capital this Wednesday night.